In the real estate industry, we sometimes sell homes that have tenants in them. There are a few options for buyers when buying tenanted properties. The buyer can assume the tenant and take over the existing lease. If there's no written lease or the written lease has expired and the tenant is on what we call a month-to-month -month lease, the buyer can still assume the tenant at the same terms. That is, of course, if the tenant wants to stay. Or if the buyer wants to move into the home, the buyer can ask the seller to guarantee vacant possession on closing date. And when this happens, the seller gives his or her tenant at least 60 days notice that the new owner of the unit or the house will be moving in. And the tenant is served with a form, we call it an N12 here in Ontario. Now after the tenant receives this N12 notice, they're entitled to one month's free rent and they have to get out on the date specified by the landlord so the new buyer can move in when they take possession. Now it sounds really easy, doesn't it? But what happens on closing date if the tenant decides that they're not moving? I'm Desmond Brown on Today on Sold in the Six. I'll be speaking to a purchaser of a condo where the tenant refused to move out on closing date and he has a bit of a horror story to share with us now. Today I'm speaking with Joseph, who I've known for many years. Now Joseph isn't his real name because this issue with the tenant, or actually with the seller of the condo, is now before the courts. And I don't want to jeopardize his chances in this court case. So Joseph, welcome to Sold in the Six. Well, good morning, Des, and thanks for having me. Happy to be oh, here my to uh, share my experience with your listeners. Wow, this is quite a story, Joseph. Um, tell us, tell us about this condo, this downtown condo in Toronto that you bought and how excited you were. Okay. So little background, uh, our son, we've been encouraging him to get into the real estate market for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, around this time last year in earnest, he was out looking at condos and put offers in on several and was unsuccessful. Uh, like most people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't want to get caught up in uh, bidding wars and overpaying. Mm -hmm. So we're very uh, conservative about what he was looking at and how we were approaching those kind of deals. So uh, found one that uh, checked all of the boxes for him, mm -hmm. put an offer in in November, went down, had a look at it. Decent unit. It's in a high end building anchored by a hotel right downtown so yep. it looked good great shape great view a lot of the things that he was looking for he wants to be in the action you know so yeah, that's not, uh, right? that's his neighborhood yeah how old is he uh 27. oh yeah okay yeah. so long past uh, long past his time for getting in the market from my perspective yeah yeah uh i was 27 when i bought my first place too but yeah 27 is pretty old isn't it uh-huh yeah 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 so, um, put the offer in, and uh, on the listing, it advised that there was a, they had a rental tenant that was living there. So, I guess yes. this was an investment property for the owners at that time. Mm -hmm. And we were, uh, we were pumped about it. You know, the number was reasonable. We didn't feel we were overpaying. Felt that um, investing in kind of an upscale building was the kind of a smart thing to do. 
Yeah, and for sure. We're pretty excited about uh, about getting it and getting it, getting some work done there and getting him started on his way. Yeah. So, so just a, a quick, mm -hmm. uh, just quickly here. This unit um, was tenanted. Now, usually in our experience, when the unit is tenanted, uh, the sellers usually don't get the high, high price that they thought they were going to get because it's hard to get in and show the property. Uh, the place usually doesn't look that great because, you know, there's underwear and stuff like that all around the place, but tenants really don't care. Right. You know, uh, and I'm not to, not to disparage all tenants out there, but this is just our experience when we go in there to, to show properties that are tenanted. They're not going to, you know, for the most part, they're not cleaned up. The place doesn't look great. And on the other hand, it's not a bad opportunity for buyers. And I can see that we're not going to disclose the price here, but you got it for under the list price. So That's you negotiated right. a price, That's which right. is pretty good in this market that we've had. Yeah, all all valid points. And you're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Unit didn't show well, and it probably would have scared off some people that went into a look at a place uh, expecting in that type of building to get, to get mm -hmm. into something that's uh, move-in ready. So, you know, we've... Uh, we bought and sold several places over the years and uh, are able to look past those kind of things and advised our son that this was this was a good opportunity. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. So we were told that, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be an issue uh, for the tenant to leave. Yeah. And it was kind we of intimated that, that he was, you know, kind of a family friend or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the deal was done. Uh, Proper notification was made through the uh, Landlord uh, Tenant Board or Tribunal. Yeah, and what I did um, in the introduction here, I mentioned that the form that we use is what we call an N is in Norman 12, an N12 right. form, to let the tenant know that the, the buyer of the unit is actually moving in and the tenant is given at least 60 days notice right. and one month's free rent. Right. So all of those, all of those conditions, yes. yeah, all of those conditions were met. And yeah, so you did what you had to do. Yeah, yeah. And knew that these are things that are important. That was one of the reasons that we had included vacant possession mm -hmm. in our offer to make sure that we weren't, uh, we weren't getting stuck. Yes. So as we're getting closer, to, oh, then we went out and lined up, uh, lined up some contract services for mm -hmm. work that uh, our son wanted to have done in the unit prior to him moving in. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to be uh, locked and loaded, ready to go for shortly after the closing date. So That's of normal. course, yeah, we entered, entered into contracts with a couple of suppliers for materials and services. And mm -hmm. as it got closer to closing date, you know, there wasn't any indication that uh, the tenant was going to be vacating. Even though they hadn't said they weren't vacating, they didn't say that mm -hmm. they were. Yeah, exactly. Did you have a visit before? Yeah, we did. Yeah, and it didn't look like the tenant was packing or anything like that. Nothing. It just looked like they were just yeah. still settled. Nothing in. In, and, in any way. Okay, and what type of work were you going to have done? Was it you're going to do a kitchen over? You're going to do flooring? Just to uh, give we were doing an idea. flooring. Uh, flooring. There was some minor repairs. The place needed a, mm. a freshen up, a repainting throughout. Yeah, uh, we're going to be putting in. Uh, you know pot lights and yeah. uh, new closet uh, closet organizer. Yeah. And as the real estate market has been really, really busy, so have contractors. Exactly. And to secure these contractors, you usually have to give deposits. That's right. And, uh, you know, book them months and months ahead. Right. 
So we, okay. of course, had engaged in that and had uh, had given some deposits. And you know, like for the closet organizer, I mean, you've got to pay fifty uh, percent up front mm-hmm. so they can get yeah. into their production schedule. Everything was on track for uh, my son being able to move in there. You know, like within a month of yeah. uh, the closing date. So good project management principles, everything set up, everything's yeah. lined up, we're good to go. Yeah, uh, and that was for February, the beginning of February, correct. everything yeah. was set for closing. So right. he now, would he, be, he'd he gave be in us, there right now. He gave us notice because he was yeah. renting uh, renting a condo. Yeah, there's so, another little complication that goes with that too. Exactly, because, uh, you know, you've got to give your notice far enough in advance to your landlord. Yeah. He provided exactly. the written notice that was accepted, mm-hmm. and uh, he was prepared to have the landlord come through and show his unit for a rental to other pr- uh, prospective tenants. Okay. So there okay. were a lot Fast of forward. things in yeah. motion. Yeah. Exactly. A lot closing of things day in comes. And closing day comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, pulled money out of investments, uh, you know, got his RRSP homeowners uh, money set aside. Everything was set up and ready to close, including uh, mortgage at a very favorable uh, mortgage rate. Mm-hmm. Comes closing date, closing can't happen because the tenant has not vacated. Okay, so how did you find out that the tenant hadn't vacated? Because some people would have closed without going and checking and then finding out, oh my God, I've got a tenant here that I've, clo- I've closed on this deal and now this tenant is my problem. Right. How did you avoid that? So we had uh, uh, our real estate agent, extremely diligent, mm-hmm. great professional to be working with. Uh, yes. She was on top of this the whole time in communication her. with uh, the seller's agent. And our lawyer had been advised in advance that there was a potential issue. So even though he prepared all of the documents and got to the point where he's ready to pull the trigger on it. That's right. uh, We were able to confirm through the listing agent that the tenant, we'd actually asked for confirmation that the tenant had vacated. Yeah. Good. They came back to us and said, we have to confirm that he hasn't vacated. So that basically, uh, they wound up being in breach of breach of contract at that point. So you're thinking of buying a property and the property just happens to be tenanted? Well, don't be dissuaded. Not all situations end up like Joseph's. But when you're ready, make sure you're pre-qualified for a mortgage and give Jason Georgiopoulos of Dominion Lending a call or an email. Yeah, email him. You can reach him at jasong at dominionlending.ca. So... You really wanted the unit. Your son really, really wanted this unit. You're ready to close. Everything's in order. You've made an investment, uh, withdrawn the R, uh, the uh, the RRSPs towards the purchase price. What happened next? Well, of course, we were we had been talking to our lawyer. We wanted to make sure that we're prepared as to what Plan B would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a letter to the closing or to the uh, seller's uh, lawyer. Uh, yep. just saying, here's where we're at, you're in breach, and what are you going to do to remedy it? 
said our client has some suggestions on how it could be remedied. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked at it. It wasn't, uh, I guess it, they felt that it, it wasn't worth it to them at that point. It and wasn't worth it to them to sell. No, it wasn't worth a. It wasn't worth them reimbursing us for what were already some out-of-pocket expenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, they said, "Yeah, we're not. We're not going to do anything to close the deal if you're not willing just to give us an extension on the closing without any liability." Okay. So the fact that and- they weren't willing to do that. Uh, triggered us having now to engage with a litigation lawyer. Okay, so now, as I had mentioned, this is before the courts. The um, you're not willing to close under under the circumstances that they're asking, which was give us an extension to give our to get our tenant out, and everything will be fine. But in the meantime, since you purchased the property, the values have gone up. That's right, and it almost sounds to me like the seller's thinking, okay, good, let's just get out of this deal and then I can put it back on the market and make even more money than what we'd agreed on earlier, right? So I think some sellers would approach it like that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think because we were prepared, we had our documentation in place, uh, we were fast off the mark with correspondence from our litigation attorney mm-hmm. who clearly stated here's what your obligation is and here's what your potential liability is if you don't fulfill that obligation. Yeah. So I basically told them, we still want the unit. We'd like to close. We want this deal to go through. But there are costs that uh, my son has incurred and, you know, kind of lost opportunity. And of, of course, uh, his favorable rate mortgage that yeah. expired. And now for him to get another mortgage, it's essentially double what the rate was at that time. So so there's some damages there as well. Yeah, there's absolute costs and damages that are incurred uh, that were incurred as part of the deal. Okay, so the tenant, what has the tenant said through all of this? Well, anything that the tenant said is kind of anecdotal through through agents to us. You know, at one point, um, as the deal was about to close... Allegedly, they asked for our contact information because they wanted to start sending us rent checks. Oh, so you were assured that the tenant was presented with the N twelve, yeah. but you're not really sure if the tenant was presented with the N twelve. No, I understand. The, I understand he was, and yeah. again, our agent being very diligent, uh, mm-hmm. diligent about this, um, did confirm or reconfirm. That the yeah. documentation had been uh, had been presented and served to the uh, to the tenant. Okay, so the way it stands right now, the tenant is not moving. They are exercising some type of rights. I don't know what they are that they're not moving, and so they're still in the unit. the um, The seller is not taking the steps to evict the tenant. They they honestly. are taking they are taking steps. Oh, they, they are. have they okay. have taken steps to evict the tenant. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's taken it's taken this long for them to actually get a date with the uh, landlord tenant tribunal. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, you actually dodged a bullet there because if you weren't aware that the tenant had stayed, you could have you know, money would have changed hands, right? 
and uh, your son would have gone to move in and saw the tenant still in there, and you're you're stuck. Well, you that's going to lead to that's going to lead to a much more complicated litigation. Yeah, because if the seller had allowed that to uh, had allowed that to happen, they're absolutely in breach in, uh, in breach of contract. Mm-hmm. So it'd be much more complicated for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're already in breach by not supplying that vacant possession for you and you're right. ready to close. So you want to close we and you want close. this property, like you yeah. got it at a good price. It's great for your, your son. Yeah. Um, and we know that, you know, since November of last year, 2021, prices have gone up because we, we had prices going through the roof January, February, March of this year. So, um, you did well. You did well on on buying this unit. Um, what is the okay? I can see the seller is still trying to get vacant possession, but does the seller still want to sell this unit to you? Because I know you're ready to close. Uh, we're ready to close. I believe they do want to. Uh, they do want to close on the deal, but they don't want to be uh, much further disadvantaged financially as a result mm-hmm. of costs that are going to be incurred in having to close the deal. So, you know, okay. in these kind of negotiations, we're putting forward um, what I, I think is uh, a very fair fair compensation for being able to close this. Part of these mm-hmm. negotiations, of course, from their side, uh, they've come back and said, well, what if we just pay you this amount of money and you, you just walk away from the deal? But... Yeah. Of course, that amount of money didn't cover what our kind of out of projected out of pocket expenses are going to be. And now for our son to go and find another place, get an offer in, get something accepted, wind up paying at double the rate of the mortgage that he would have been paying had this closed. These Mm -hmm. are all kind of, from our perspective, significant. significant impacts, negative impacts for him, that really this falls back on the, on the seller. No, no, it definitely falls back on the seller. So you mentioned that your son had given, given notice from the, uh, the rental that he was in. Where is he now? So he's still in that unit. Okay. And he's in that unit because he has, uh, he's been a great tenant. Mm -hmm. The landlord was sorry to see him go. And when he called back and said, look, I've got a complication. Where are you at in the, uh, like in the process for re-renting? They said, if you want to stay, you can stay for as long as you like. So oh, he was able to um, just update his, uh, his payments and carry on. Oh, well, that's, that's positive for now. But that still, he out. wants to, but he yeah. wants this unit. Yeah. Like he really wants to move into this unit. Yeah. Um, so again, back with the with the seller. So they're like, okay, go ahead. We once we get the tenant out, then let's just close at the original terms that we had, and let's just move on. But meanwhile, you've incurred all kinds of expenses along the way. You've got a mortgage rate. Uh, your son is going to be, like I said, doubling co- com- compared to our mortgage. Uh, yeah, yeah, rate is going to be doubling compared to what he was committed for. So it's going to cost him more per month, and you want all of those expenses covered all Correct. the yeah all those things out and it doesn't look like the the seller is willing to budge on all that well this is uh this is when it comes down to the negotiations of 
can we have negotiated settlement on this or do we wind up uh, do we wind up actually in court yeah and because the costs was, of going to court are significant time and cost and for everybody yeah, yeah. absolutely and if things uh, work out in our favor then it's going to cost them an awful lot more than any type of uh, settlement that we've put forward okay the sellers are they are they canadian residents are they here they're canadian residents yeah yeah okay and uh they were obviously wanted to take advantage of a good real estate market when they sold this, and it got even better when it didn't close. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm just interested. So, I guess did, were they experienced landlords before uh, this? Do you know if they had more income properties around? I uh, just my own my own take on it. I don't think mm -hmm. they're they're particularly uh, experienced at this. Yeah, I think they may have been naive in thinking that. Um, that the tenant was just going to move out or or that they'd be able to uh, push him out. Maybe they didn't have a full understanding of how the uh, landlord-tenant uh, tribunal works these days or doesn't yeah, work these days. It the doesn't case work, maybe. yeah, with all the backlog. So again, what was the, the, the tenant's point of view on all of this? Like, like I, I know you, you mentioned that he wanted to start paying you, right? We're paying your son for uh, monthly rent. But what what is their... The rationale on not wanting to leave. I couldn't tell you. You know how these things are sometimes, Des. I mean, some some people see a situation that they figure if their landlord is going to be making money from the sale of a property, mm -hmm. that potentially they'd be able to leverage uh, leverage that sale and get you know a piece of the action on it. I've seen that happen in the past. Yeah, I yeah. don't know that this is the case here because. This is an, it's a high-end uh, high condo building and the mm -hmm. monthly rent there is not an insignificant amount of money. Oh, okay. So I don't know that this is uh, one of those situations. You know, I'd just be speculating on that. I really yeah, don't know what his motivation paying. is because the, person's a, the person is a professional. Yeah. Wow. And they're still paying the rent, right? Well, that I don't know. Yeah, we don't even know that. But... The bottom line is that they're not leaving and they're probably going to have to be removed by the sheriff if it ever gets to that point through the landlord and tenant board tribunal. Right. If it gets that. So this could be tied up for a number of months. Months. Yeah. So I'm just thinking here, like I know the market has changed since you bought. So there really isn't that opportunity out there that you secured here. Like to get it for a really good price, to get the the, the mortgage rate, um, which was really favorable for you as well. So let's say if your son wants to get into this market, it's going to cost him a lot more absolutely. than it did back then. If absolutely. He, he wants to just settle and walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's un so, it's unfair. Yeah. You know, if the owners have been uh, or the sellers have been manipulated uh, by their tenant, there's a ripple effect in these relationships. You know, and that ripple effect, uh, it affects our son, it affects us, it affects his investments, it affects the contractors that we had engage, uh, engaged for that work. Mm -hmm. Because if uh, if work doesn't go ahead, you know, that, that deposit in some cases is, uh, is forfeit. Yeah. So, yep, exactly. 
Yeah, I guess, you know, what you mentioned, too, that the the, the people who own this unit, uh, they don't, they, they didn't seem that sophisticated as landlords. And there's this misconception out there that landlords are these fat cats, that landlords are making tons of money. And some tenants just say, look at, you know what, you know, they're making all this money on me being in here, I'm paying their mortgage, and they want to stick it to them. You know, and a lot of the people who have these investment units and these condos throughout the city, it might be just their, you know, their their their, their second property after their their principal residence that they own. Uh, it's not like one of these big real estate investment uh, trusts that that own the big towers or things like this. These are just ordinary people who decided to make an investment in real estate and 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 um, and put a tenant in and. We have all kinds of people like this throughout Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Like we found that you know the uh, when it comes to condos, like the condo owners are are the bulk of the landlords in the city right now. Right. Uh, and so, this it's a frustrating yeah. thing, Des, because I think that there's other ripple effects from this as well. If mm -hmm. and we've seen a lot of this in the media recently, uh, stories of people that have tried to buy a property or tried to sell a property and had an issue with uh, what I'll call an unscrupulous tenant who is trying to manipulate or leverage that situation. Mm -hmm. That makes others nervous about, uh, about buying and renting. Yeah. Even though, you know, traditional means of uh, building wealth has been through real estate and if you have the means to buy a place and are able to more or less carry it with the rent, then you're building something for the future. But yeah. if uh, if more people start to feel that you know that's not uh, <laughs> that's not as attractive as it was because they can be manipulated or mm -hmm. extorted in some cases, and that yeah. the uh, supports that are supposed to be there for the system to be run fairly for both tenants and landlords aren't yeah. adequately resourced and aren't adequately uh, aren't adequately managed you know landlord uh, tenant uh, tribunal i wrote a letter to the attorney general mm -hmm. saying seriously like this looks bad on public service yeah it sure does and Did for you back yeah, I got a canned uh, canned response. <laughs> oh, you know, it's uh, the the tribunal is doing their job, but because of COVID, we have a very large backlog, and mm -hmm. essentially the answer was blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. COVID's been an excuse for everything. Oh boy, you know. So you you and your son, or your son's a legitimate buyer who is going to occupy this unit after the tenant left. Now, I've had it happen the other way mm -hmm. where I was the, the listing agent for a, uh, for a multi-unit property. We gave the um, main floor tenant of this building that I'm referring to right now, uh, the N12, that the new owner was going to be moving in on closing. And the new owner was a real estate agent. Okay. So they, the, uh, the people, the tenants vacated, the new owner took possession what the new owner did did not didn't move in. He went in and renovated that unit, and then put it back on the market. 
Now, I can see why people are so, you know, reluctant to trust landlords and trust this situation, mm-hmm. right? Where you guys are legit. But this guy who bought the property, who is a real estate agent, doesn't give us a good name either and doesn't give landlords a good name because he lied. Right. And meanwhile, luckily, you know, the tenant that we had in there found something else and so on. But the other tenants in the building were like, who is my new landlord? Mm-hmm. Right? Because he assumed two other tenants in the building. Right. So this landlord has been lying. And yeah, so, you know, it, it does work the other way. But I can see in this case with you guys, I mean, you just your son just wants to move in. Yeah. You know, the system is supposed to be there to, uh, to protect both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's failing, sadly failing at doing that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so as we're wrapping up here, uh, Joseph, give us a quick recap on um, where you're at and where you think this is going to end up. So we are racking up uh, legal expenses at the moment because, as you know, with every email, phone call, back and forth, follow-up, There's uh, that's costing money. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it's going to result in a, a fair, negotiated and fair settlement with yeah, the seller sure. so that we're able to move forward and our son's going to be able to get this unit in the building where he would really like to live. Yeah. Um, we've tried to structure our like our proposal or settlement, we've tried to structure in a way that has some flexibility that if it takes longer to uh, get vacant possession, that mm-hmm. we have a structure in place that accommodates that and accounts for it. Okay. But I don't know. Things seem to be uh, dragging over the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure if the sense of urgency is still there to get this thing locked in. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, again, that's something that we have to have a chat with our lawyer about shortly to say, yeah. if we don't, uh, if we don't get some good faith, something back in good faith, something meaningful and uh, reasonable, then we have to move on to the next step. And that's actually uh, suing. Yeah. And that's not where you want to go. That's really too bad. We're not, we're not litigious people, believe me. And this yeah. is the last, uh, the last place that we'd want to be in and having you know money that could have been used for other purposes having to uh, be spent on lawyers yeah. fees yeah and again this is another one of those stories where a first-time buyer ends up getting screwed over yeah and that's really too bad because we we're seeing this all over the place where First-time buyers are having such a hard time getting into the market. You finally find a good situation for your son to get into the market, and then this huge obstacle comes up. Right. I'm really so sorry to hear about that, and I hope it all works out. I'm, really we're do. hoping, too. I mean, we're, uh, we're positive. We approach things positive. We're hoping for the best, uh, the best outcome. And come what may, our, our son is in a great position He's got money on hand. Uh, mm-hmm. He's uh, eager to uh, to find a place to put down his uh, his own roots to do his own thing. Yeah. And fortunately, 
He hadn't sold uh, another property. He didn't have a young family. He yeah, didn't exactly. have these things to face where you pack up, show up, and then find out that somebody's there that isn't leaving. And then what do you do? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, that's a good way of looking at it. It's a real positive way of looking at it. Yeah. <sighs> Joseph, thank you very, very much for joining us today on Sold in the Six. And uh, we'll have to keep track on what's happening here. And I really hope it works out for you. Yeah, thanks very much, Des. Thanks for having me. And I'm happy to share this story with people because the more educated and aware that people are, the better they can uh, plan for or make a plan B, as the case mm -hmm. may be, for their real estate deals. Thank you yeah, very much. For sure. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks again for joining us. So if you end up in a situation like Joseph and his son did and you buy a property that has a tenant... Just make sure that your real estate agent covers all of the angles and that you're protected. We also do that. And luckily, Joseph and his son had a great agent to help them through that. I want to thank my producer, Steve Kassar, for this latest episode. And if you're listening to this, please leave a rating or a review and forward it to a friend. And you can follow this podcast and you'll receive every new podcast of Sold in the Six automatically. If you need to reach me, email me at des at desmondbrown.ca and you can also follow me on all of the social media platforms. My handle is des in the six and I'm on Instagram and Twitter and my website is in the six real estate.com. And remember, the six is spelt with the number six, IX. Nobody uses the S anymore. Until next time, I'm Desmond Brown.